Good morning and welcome to the Leadership Insurance Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Bond, and I'm very lucky today to be joined by David Embry of uh, Milo. Um, David, how are you? I'm doing great. It's nice to see you, Alex. Yeah, no, thank you for joining us. And um, yeah, David's a bit, a bit of a hero and stepped in at very short notice because we managed to get this together. So we were just uh, we were just saying off air that normally we've, we've, we've probably done a sort of half hour mini version of this and talked it through, but this is our first time of meeting. So thank you very much for stepping into the brink. Um, really excited that we managed to get this together. Um, I've obviously done my homework, even though we haven't met. So hopefully I've got some good questions for you. But David, before I steam in and, and start asking those questions, it'd be really great if you could introduce yourself and obviously the uh, the Milo business. Yeah, sure. I'm David Embry. I started Milo a number of years ago. It was uh, my idea. I actually pitched it to a senior executive at Lockton when I was doing some consulting for another insurance company. And prior to that, I did, I've been in the financial services industry my whole life, um, most recently uh, with JP Morgan for about 20 years. And so I pitched this idea that was actually called Lockton Marketplace, very long name. Um, you know, and the idea was that we could take technology and allow um, small, high volume, low premium transactions to happen in a way that was a good experience for the individual or small business. Uh, and it was a brief conversation. And he said, um, put a deck together, put it in front of the board. He did. And that was the beginning of what ultimately became Milo. And I guess we'll talk a little bit more about where we are today uh, as we go through this. Yeah, it's it's interesting Lockton um, being the the place that this starts because you know the Lockton is not unique, but it's quite unusual for a broker in the you know the kind of ownership structure. And is is that what made you approach them, or is it just coincidence that that's where your connection was, or something about their ownership structure probably allowed this to happen, where you might have struggled to do this at a more different corporate put together business. Yeah, I mean, I think we probably, you know, if you look at how insured techs traditionally work, we did it backwards, right? We started inside a, a strategic, right? And then we took outside capital and then we spun out. Uh, and I wish I could tell you I had like a grand plan and I put a whole bunch of stuff together and, I, you know, like got the guy I wanted to talk to and went to talk to him. That's not true, right? It was like literally a conversation with their then CEO, right, that led to an idea that grew into this, right? And locked in, um, which is no longer on our cap table, but was our majority owner for the majority of the life of Milo, uh, is a very entrepreneurial place, right? They make investments, they've, uh, you know, tried things, they give people um, latitude, money uh, for ideas to run. Uh, and it just was a really good fit for a really long time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, I want to get into that because you you were an insure tech before the term insure tech probably was about, you know, that, that I think, <laughs> which I'm always intrigued by because, uh, you know, it is a very early adoption piece. Um, and I had a good quote from your, uh, uh, there's a great quote from one of your team, um, so as your president, I think, is what we're trying to do with our technology is not compete with comparative raters, what we do uh, is the insurance intelligence piece. We're trying to really get at what sits in front of all of that. Um, so I think I think that would be a great kind of starting point to kind of explain where it sits in the process and and exactly kind of what what the mining business does. Because I, I think there's a kind of host of businesses that people would kind of put in a bucket of competition to this. 
but I think you've got quite a, a sort of interesting angle on that. So maybe you can explain where it kind of fits in the value chain. I think it'd be useful. Yeah, so I mean, for sure. So when we started the business, like we were our own agency. Or we were part of Lockton. Or we were Lockton Marketplace, moving to Milo. The idea was that Lockton had a lot of um, smaller transactions, like uh, small small businesses, individuals that needed um, uh, property casualty insurance as well as benefits. Right. But like most, you know, large organizations, like right, they served a small client exactly the same way that they served a large client or generally the same way that they served a large client. Uh, but the revenue was a fraction of what that large client was. And my value proposition or my thesis when we started this business was really that you can deliver an awesome experience to an individual or a small business owner. Um, but you have, if you're going to do it at scale, you have to layer it with technology. And what does that mean? That means a personalized, real experience where you ask as few questions as possible. You give recommendations. And this is the insurance intelligence piece, right? If you come to me as a small business owner just to focus on uh, commercial lines, and the first thing I ask you is, what coverage do you need? Right? What's your answer, Alex? Don't know. I don't know. <laughs> That's exactly right. And that wasn't our <laughs> Right. And so like the first thing that we have to do is understand what their situation is and make a recommendation in terms of what coverage they need and what uh, limits they need. Right. And so that's the first part of insurance intelligence. Right. Is making the coverage recommendation. And that's a proprietary tool that we built. Uh, and again, for the majority of our life, it was just focused on our own agency. Right. And then the second thing that we do is match the carrier appetite, right? Because all carriers don't want the same thing with um, what the uh, risk presented by the potential insured is, right? And we want to match those up. And, the, and then lastly, we want to make sure that the potential insured gets the right coverage at fair value, which doesn't mean the lowest price always, right? Because I can lower your price by giving you, um, you know, different coverages, higher deductibles, not adding something. So we number one, we want to make sure when the your worst day happens, right? You have insurance for the thing that you thought you did, right? And two, we uh, want to make sure that you get fair value for that, and that's our value proposition, right? In terms of what we do when somebody shows up. And as I said, we started off, you know, doing that for locked in for commercial, Main Street personal lines, small group benefits, um, and then we, uh, you know, really launched our business with a couple of what we call channel partners, which are entities that uh, have clients who as a part of in the, their ecosystem who uh, need insurance right typically have an inflection point where something has happened i've started a business i've um, added employees i'm moving into a building etc and their customer experience um, sort of says hey you need insurance and we were the fulfillment for that right so that's between locked in and our channel partners, that's how we drove the growth of our business, uh, you know, sort of from the beginning. And the technology was focused really on making ourselves efficient and improving that customer experience. And, you know, you said earlier, like we were in InsureTech before they were InsureTechs, we were about the beginning when people started using that word, uh, but we also have been embedding our capabilities in our customers' ecosystems literally from day one. Right. We can't compete with the money that insurance carriers spend um, on advertising and PEO um, 
yeah, I'm sorry, S SEO or SEM and buying leads, right? We knew we couldn't like build a business that way, but we did think we could take our capabilities and then plug them into these ecosystems of our customers who have customers who need insurance uh, and do that and grow a, a really good business. And we've grown the business to, you know, a place where we've got, we've sold about 60,000 um, uh, policies or clients across 50 states in the U.S. Uh, we've got, you know, 170, give or take, million dollars in premium. Uh, we're still growing. The, the, the denominator is getting bigger, but we're still growing at, you know, 30 plus percent a year. Um, and, um, you know, that's what we've historically done. Now, you know, it's sort of evolutionary um, as we left, you know, locked in, right? In 2018, we got investment from a company called Guggenheim. Um, Guggenheim actually spun out a company called Group 1001. So the same investors that had us before, um, that invested in us before, uh, went from minority to majority and locked in, got our cap, cap table at the end of last year. Um, and we thought, we built this great tool, right? Um, where we've integrated raters, we use technology to not ask information we don't have to. Uh, and then we layered our, our Milo's insurance intelligence thing on top of it. And um, there are other people, other agencies, small agencies, large agencies, roll-ups um, that are trying to solve for the same thing. Why can't we take what we've built for ourselves and offer that as a solution um, and with Milo being the anchor tenant of that, what we call the Amplify platform, which is really all based on, you know, seven, eight years worth of learning around insurance intelligence, um, where we've built algorithms to do all the things that I just talked about. Mm. The channel partners bit for me is is, is interesting because obviously you, you said that kind of Kickstart was you know, a couple of channel partners, but now I know you've got like up to about 60. Um, I'm, I'm sure you could kind of give me the exact number there, but the has, I was interested to see the evolution of that. Has there been a spike in interest in the last couple of years? Because that's become a much more kind of active part of the market. You've got you've got the sort of the embedded, and there's a massive scope of what that looks like. There's almost a kind of fight about what that even means. But right. obviously, the technology allows you to kind of embed with these channel partners. Has, has there been a surge of kind of interest in the last few years? Uh, there's been a surge of people talking about it, right? And as you said. Um, like it means different things to different people, right? And, you know, in terms of for us, like really refining what a good partner looks like, right? Somebody that has clients who need insurance, who has an inflection point, who has enough scale, who's techno technologically able to allow us to plug our capability in, um, right? You know, it, we've gotten better about what a good partner looks like. Right, because we don't do, I mean, you, you know, if you want to talk about the spectrum of embedded, you've got on one end, travel insurance, pet insurance, stuff that's really, really, really easy to underwrite and bind online. And on the other end, you've got small commercial, which is really, really, really complicated um, and not so easy, certainly not on a broad basis to do just straight through processing online. You have to talk to somebody. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and you've got carriers that can embed their capability in somebody's platform, but they don't want everything. Right. You've got other brokers and who's, you know, we won't mention other people, but a lot of people started off, um, you know, not really embedding like doing different things, buying leads, um, uh, 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 buying leads, like trying to do advertising, et cetera. Um, and we sort of started in the uh, partner space. Right. And so I, I take it as a compliment that the market has sort of moved to 
what we saw that raises the bar in terms of um in terms of the you know what we have to do to succeed in competition but that's good for everybody and it's a huge space um i think we're just um yeah, I think I think that is the way to attract. If you can get individuals or small businesses at a place where they need to buy insurance, because remember, nobody really wants to. You have to uh, buy insurance, um, and then you do that in a way that feels personal, and you use technology to help operate at scale. Um, that's really the end game, and that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, the 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 the, the sort of grudge purchase thing is always something that we think about. Um, and it's really personal for me. And I, I you know, I, I've bored everyone with this, this this story on this podcast, but it still kind of shocks me that and my renewal came to get around again in the last couple of weeks. And I have the same kind of problem every year, which is I will go to my uh provider of insurance, and I won't name drop them because they're generally pretty good. Um, and they'll go, right, how much professional indemnity cover do you need? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You tell me. And and then they would go, well, on average, people have this level of cover. And I go, great. But is that a search firm? And they'll go, oh, no, that's just all businesses. And I thought, like, well, then it's not relevant okay. to me. I was like, so a business of my size in my sector, what's the sort of claim? You know, like what, what give me some data about kind of what, what the average claim is. Because I'm not asking for advice, because I know the advice bit is challenging, because then you get to into advising on insurance. And if, for example, it's a carrier that's challenging, but the unavailability of data in today's age, I find shocking. Okay. Why am I asking? Why are you asking me? I was like, I don't know. And it, it falls in that bucket of things where you're asked to kind of talk about your house's construction when you get like, you know, when you get insurance for your home and you go, well, when was it made? How was it made? None of this I have information about at all. Um, how's, how do you do what you do? How do you tackle that? Because it, it's kind of, I'm interested to go kind of in the process, but how do you do that? And 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 how do you keep evolving that? Because presumably that's the biggest kind of challenge is, is kind of making that frictionless purchase. So, I might begrudge spending the money, but I begrudge it that little bit less because you're asking less money. Right. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. I mean, one of our core principles is we want to ask as few questions as possible. And and we do believe that giving a recommendation is exactly what you pay us to do. Mm-hmm. And so um, how do we get information? We get it from our channel partners, right? So the partner has information. We pull that over. We should never ask something that we already know. Mm-hmm. Um so, for instance, when did you start your business? What's the name of your business? How many employees do you have? Like, partners already know all that stuff. Or on the personal line side, what's your address, right? How much is your home worth, right? Because we do a lot of stuff in the mortgage space. So, you know, that's one. Two, um, you know, we've done, like, literally hundreds of thousands of quotes and bids and recommendations. So, we have our own algorithms around what coverage do you need um, um, that we've taken from people's heads that worked here, from the world, from experience, um, you know, and then we put that in our own database, right, to make recommendations in terms of coverage. That's exactly the first thing that we do. Um, and you can go online and get a coverage recommendation. Um, and then, you know, we understand on the back end uh, what the carrier appetite is, right? Because, you know, carriers don't like raters, right? So when we say we're not a rater, we have rating capabilities, we have to. Right. But we actually do deep integrations with partners that we're deep with, but we get a lot of rates uh, from other people that have already spent, you know, tens or hundreds of millions of dollars building a rater. 
and then we integrate to our platform. But you as a user, whether that's our agent, an outside agent, or you as a consumer, have no idea where we're getting that rate from a rate or from a direct integration, et cetera. Um, and, and our value proposition to the carrier is that we are going to give you the type of insurance or type of client that you want to cover, right? And so it's coming upon us to have a broad enough offering from a carrier perspective to fill as much of that as possible. Um, and then the value proposition to the consumer, the small business owner, is that you're going to get the right coverage at a fair value. And we think the meeting of those things, and we talk about insurance intelligence, that's what sits on top of that, right? Because everybody's exactly like you, Alex. If you come to me and I say, what do you want me to quote? You don't do this. You don't even want to be, you don't even necessarily want to talk to me, right? You're talking to me because you need insurance coverage to protect the business that you build in case something happens. And that's the thing, that's the problem we're trying to solve. Yeah, and, and it's, it's so true. And I, I mean, I, I, I consider myself a kind of very typical kind of business, small business owner in, in that I don't want to talk to anybody. I mean, I, I had to find my credit card company the other day and it was like, I never want to talk to you. And it's not because you're not a nice human being. Or well, personal, right. I just don't want to do that. I mean, I, I don't do that. You know, we, we live in a completely frictionless digital society in a lot of our lives. And, you know, we were just... Um, I was just laughing because I did a sort of click and collect order. So I went and picked up some clothes from a clothes shop and I had to deal with all these people and all the issues with the people. I was like, I just, I've ordered the stuff. I want the stuff. And then it, when we got there, it fell apart because it was kind of always human interaction. And, you know, but if you are going to have that interaction, that kind of needs to be value additive. And, and, I, and I, what I find surprising is that we've digitized a lot of these kind of value chain processes, but we still haven't kind of upped the quality of some of those human interactions and we're not so therefore we're not utilizing that kind of time save because i'm a big believer in human in the loop processes if you can fully digitize great if you can't fully digitize let's kind of make sure and to your point like if you've got all of my data i don't want to repeat myself when i go on the phone so it's like you know about my business if there's gaps to fill let's fill them but let's not go when did it start what's your kind of company registration number because all of that you've already got um this I wanted to uh, sort of extrapolate on that. So we we've talked about coverage that I kind of know I need. Um, how do you deal with coverages that people kind of don't necessarily know they need, or have, uh, sort of emerging risks? And I suppose where my head is going is is that the increasing risk of cyber, for example, on small businesses, in something like twenty eight percent of all cyber attacks are target small businesses. But I suspect there's a lot of kind of business owners going, well, that's I don't want to tech business so that doesn't impact me how do you kind of tackle that is it is it about building right products or is, is there a sort of different ways of approaching that same problem yeah so i mean just to close off the thing that you said uh you know previously right insurance mm -hmm. is a complex business right and so everybody's different you live in different places carriers have different appetites um, and so having a broad base of insurance cover, insurance offerings, insurance carriers on your platform is important, right? The challenge is they're all at a different place in terms of how they um, can deliver APIs or uh, integrate into our system. So it's our challenge, right, to ensure that the user, whether that's you online, you as a consumer, um, one of our agents or another agent that's using our software, uh, to power their agency 
um, all of that information is is integrated into one platform, right? That and and um, so a truly digital platform, a truly um, you know end to end, don't have to talk to somebody is not yet possible. But I will tell you, the very first meeting I had uh, with Marshall Lockton, and uh, we had like ten people from a big insurance agency because we were part of Lockton that or a big insurance company. They flew out and they said we'll never let anybody bind online without talking to them um and that was seven eight years ago right and now they're the leading provider they've invested hundreds of millions of dollars to do that you know covid moved that along uh, and so we'll ultimately get there i think of our business as sort of surfing a wave right and you have to be on the wave to catch the break um and you know we're increasingly getting closer to you know more and more truly digital interactions all right so that's to close off the first the, the last thing you talked about uh, in sure. terms of cyber, and we build into our recommendation engines, right? And we tell you why you need to have um, cyber coverage, right? Even if you're not a tech business, if you take credit cards, you're a tech business, right? Um, there's lots of risk, you know, the um, these cyber criminals, right? Target um, the lowest common denominator, right? Small businesses don't have a whole IT department and risk. And, you know, I was at JP Morgan and I know I and I had a conversation a long time ago um, with um, the, our CTO of our business and they're like if somebody really wants to go after you they're going to be able to get something and that's JP Morgan so if you're a small business right it's much easier um, to to penetrate um, and to to attack those uh, small businesses and so that's why you want cyber coverage you know number one it's relatively cheap number two it's included in most bops. Um, uh, and number three, we enforce, make um, our agents bring that up, right? How do we do that? When our agents go through, you know, you go online and you can't find it online, you go through and you get a recommendation. When you talk to one of our agents, or if we're powering another agency's thing, when you talk to one of their agents, on the screen, it actually says, you need to offer cyber, right? Here are the coverages that you need to offer, and here's why. And they can put it in their own words, but we're telling them the coverage that this risk needs, right? For our own agency, it reduces the EO, provides better coverage, uh, better experience, et cetera. Um, and then uh, we can actually monitor that on the back end, right? So here are the recommendations that we made from a coverage standpoint. What did somebody ultimately buy, right? And so we can go back, upsell, cross-sell, make sure somebody understands what they did, give coaching to our own agents, because we've got about... 70 agents in our own agency, the Milo agency today. Um, you know, and ultimately we're here, right? Not to give somebody a piece of paper that says I have a certificate of insurance. We're here to make sure they have the right coverage given the needs and uh, of their specific business. And um, they get, you know, good value. They're not overpaying uh, for that coverage that we recommend. And so that's the basis for why we exist. Mm. The recommendation piece is really interesting because I think there's a there's a whole world in which small business owners and and I'm talking about myself here. So the, the reality is you still think about many things in kind of quite a personal way. You know, I I, I definitely approach my insurance, and in the very mind of a guy that works in the insurance industry, I still approach my insurance like. I want to pay as little as possible for my coverage, right? And I know that's stupid, and and, and I'm aware of that. So I think that's there's such there's such complicated customers. Um, SMEs. I don't know SMEs is, is a really um or, or small medium sized businesses. That's it's a really broad kind of definition. Um, and I, I'm not sure what the American definition, but I know in the UK it's as 
it's as wide as you know a couple of people to a couple of thousand people and certain types of kind of revenue but not of all of them are the same and they have certain different levels of sophistication but particularly that small 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 element of that very difficult i know that i've, I've got a recent quote from you uh, about which you mentioned there that you're doing the best part of kind of you know 160 170 million in premiums but you said because you felt like there was potential to hit you know like a trillion dollars and and why do you think small businesses are so underserved because they definitely have been has it been being the technologies now allowing us to get into the level of detail we need or is there a kind of broader kind of explanation for kind of why we've underserved that small business sector yeah so i think number one i said the industry is a trillion not our not our potential right so the the point oh, I was yeah, trying, no, sorry the point <laughs> i was trying to make is that you know we have a lot of runway a lot of people we can solve our problems we can solve for uh, individuals and small businesses um you know, to answer your question, the like nobody, no small business owner is in business to buy insurance, right? You do what you do because you're passionate about it. Nobody starts a flower shop or a bakery or, you know, fill in the blank. They're passionate about that. They need insurance, right? Um, and you know, they're relatively small transactions, right? And there's a lot of complexity and a lot of difference in different types of business. If you're a baker or an Uber driver or um, you cut hair right? Or you do search like what you do, right? You have different needs. You have different number of employees. You might drive your car. You might have a building. You might not have a building. And so everybody, there's a lot of complexity in terms of just what coverage should somebody need, right? So any individual person doing this on their own as an agent, um, to have that broad knowledge of everything that might come in their door is really, really hard, right? Mm -hmm. And so, if, and, and for small business, um, the revenue right, that that small broker gets from that individual client is relatively small. If you compare that to Lockton or Aon or somebody else who's insuring, you know, something where, you know, their commissions are tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, right, you can do the research. You can put the team together for those bigger risks, right? On the small end, like having um, the knowledge at your fingertips to give the recommendation to tell the individual small business owner what coverage they need, like is really hard, right? You don't have that, right? And so that's why I think technology is so important and it empowers whomever the user is, right? And empowers them to make the right recommendation given whatever risk is put in front of them. And that's the problem. We say insurance intelligence, that's the thing that we're solving for. And we can deliver that to you online at a high level when you talk to one of our agents, or if you're an agency that uses our technology, the Amplify technology, right? We can give you that same recommendation engine. You can still have your own carrier preferences. You can still do your own inputs. You can do your own contracts, but that, that recommendation engine is the thing that's really missing. Um, and really was at the heart of why we started this business. How do you do relatively small transactions um, at scale, right? But still give a personalized uh, recommendation that's right for this specific situation. That's been sort of our driving principle since we started. Mm. And it goes back to that original kind of point we started in this conversation, which is, you know, where you sit in the value chain and, and the sort of recommendation piece is, is, is that missing gap. And um, yeah, I, it's so, it so resonates with me as a, as a small business owner in exactly some of those challenges that we have. And um, I, I wanted to kind of um, 
looking a bit kind of further about your kind of broader experience of, of InsureTech, right? Because you've been sitting in this space for the best part of 10 years. Um, we were talking about APIs and API capability of carriers along the way. And, and, and this is kind of taking you away from Milo and, and, and I hope you don't mind. And, uh, you know, what, what's maybe surprised you most about the, the kind of journey, sort of being an observer, being in the market and obviously kind of, um, you know, driving kind of at the forefront of kind of ensure that that re revolution. Has there been anything that's been sort of surprising to you um, or anything that kind of you're excited about that you've kind of seen in tech that maybe you hadn't anticipated, um, you know, well, certainly 10 years ago, but even kind of more recently? Yeah, so, you know, so my background, I was in the retirement space and I lived through, um, you know, it's a different product set, but it's exactly the same problem. We did 401k plans for large companies, right? And how do you take a channel partner, in that case, a plan sponsor, right? And you put together uh, a technology platform that allows their employees, and in this case, small business owners or individuals, right, to interact with you in a way where um, it's an easy transaction uh, for them to make, right? Because they don't know how much should I take out of my, my paycheck? How much should I contribute? How should I invest it? And that led to managed accounts and wraps and you know, in target date funds, right? In the retirement space, right? And so when that happened and I came into insurance, right? We're sort of doing the same thing, right? We're building automated recommendations uh, for people who need insurance, but don't really want to buy it. They, you know, they, if their only thing is how little do I pay, right? When the bad thing happens, right? You know, you might not have the right coverage. So can we match that up to give these automated recommendations to literally millions and millions of small businesses um, and major individuals uh, in a way that solves a problem for them, right? And makes the interaction better, faster, cheaper for both us, them, and the insurance company. Um, and that's really what I think is exciting, right? You know, we've, we've lived through, you know, what is insure tech, valuations up here, valuations down there. Um, you know, I think the benefit that we had versus some is because we started inside of Lockton, right? We were building a business to be a business, right? Not a business to sell to somebody else or spin off or, you know, double the multiple here, multiple there. Maybe some people are smarter than I was, uh, but we actually built a business to, to uh, you know, run as a business. And I think that's been a big benefit. Uh, and I think, you know, the valuations coming down and consolidation and people thinking about what we, you know, what, what uh, they want, even these roll-ups in the, us right they've done all of these roles all of these agencies they haven't done a lot to integrate them and they all have a small business or a high volume low premium component of that right and i think that's something that us or people like us can help them do right um, if you're going to bring everything together and your deal is not just to flip it because the multiple gets higher your deal is you got to run it or consolidate it as a business uh, i think there's a huge opportunity uh, for the software side of our business, the Amplify side of our business. And at the end of the day, the cool thing, Alex, is just like in the retirement business, like I'm doing something that helps people solve a problem um, and, and, and let them, you know, run their business or, or do their job uh, in a way that has a you know, good outcome for everybody. And I like that. And I think there's a lot of runway and a lot of upside uh, to, you know, what we're doing. And as I said earlier, 
like the carriers have not just come along, like they're running with us now, which is super cool. Mm. Yeah, I think the uniqueness of your sort of this, like as you said, almost kind of the backward way around of kind of being part of lots and then taking external investment, then kind of rolling out. You know, I think it, it, what's interesting is it. I think your business is reflective of businesses that we're seeing started now. And what I mean by that is that we're seeing much more kind of mature business models of insure tech. So, and usually what that means from my perspective, you know, looking at a talent perspective is those founding teams are tend to be more mature in their kind of insurance knowledge. So they're coming with probably someone who is ex-industry, who goes, right, this is the way the industry works. And you're putting a value added service or product into that ecosystem that allows people, as you say, empowers people to do their job better or more efficiently or cheaper by magnitude. Whereas I think before we had distribution plays, we had kind of digitalization plays, and effectively we had kind of gamification of the insurance industry, you know, trying to make it more fun, trying to make it more SaaS focused, and trying to make it kind of more investable. And actually, some of that, let's be honest, was was, was paper towels, which weren't weren't yeah. really true. Whereas your spin out from Lockton means that you had to start at that basis because it had to work for Lockton as a, you know, it had to be something that kind of worked in that, 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 in that situation. So yeah, really interesting. I mean, cause I always, you know, small business owner as well. The thing that you're always going to hear from me is that, you know, this is a bootstrap company. So I'm fascinated by venture back companies because I'm going, well, surely it's all about making money at some point, but yeah, I think we got lost along the way. Um, I'm conscious of time actually because we've 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 rattled along very quickly. We're, there we are. So um, I always like to end on this question, which is you know, look, ten years in the game almost now. But what's next? What's the kind of next evolution of Milo? What are you excited about for the next twelve months? Yeah, so I mean, I think we continue to double down on our core business with channel partners, growing with the right channel partners, right, optimizing the agency uh, that is Milo, and then the technology piece of what we've done and taking what we've learned and built for ourselves and offering it not just to ourselves as uh, the you know anchor tenant of the my the amplify platform uh, but offering it to other agencies and other roll-ups and other people who are trying to solve the same problem uh, is super exciting because we already built this great mousetrap um, and at the end of the day it's a huge huge market right? We can build an awesome business for ourselves and help other people do the same thing. And you know, I'll just end with what I said just a few minutes ago. Um, the cool thing is we're helping entrepreneurs and small business owners and homeowners like make good decisions on something they have to buy, don't necessarily want to buy. Um, and that, you know, that's a, that's a good thing. That's a good mission. That's a good, um, you know, do, do, uh, you know, doing well and doing good. So, yeah, it, it's it's funny because it follows on from um, we we had a brilliant business uncle figure um, last couple of weeks in the podcast, and there was an ESG element. We could address climate change, but we could also do it profitably. And it's it's a it's a sort of very resonant point. It's like do good and make money at the same time. It seems like the perfect business to me. So. Um, David, we've been really generous with your time and, and thank you once again for stepping in at such short notice and, and sure. thank you for your team for organising it. Thanks for being a guest on the Leadership Initiative podcast. Very nice to see you. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, David.